This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Hello, I'm Cheryl Toole, Nursing Director in the Neonatal Intensive Care Unit at Boston Children's Hospital. Today, I'll be speaking with Dr. Michelle DeGrazia, Neonatal Nurse Practitioner and Nurse Scientist in the NICU at Boston Children's. Michelle will be speaking today with us about her research in deformational plagiocephaly, also referred to as DP, and a first-of-its-kind device to treat and or prevent infants with this deformational cranial asymmetry. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Cheryl. Can we just start with telling us a little bit about what deformational plagiocephaly, also referred to as DP, is? Deformational plagiocephaly is a flattening of the baby's cranium. Infants develop deformational plagiocephaly as they um, spend long periods of time in bed. What happens is the skull, the suture lines of the skull are not fused, and the skull is actually mobile, so the, the head takes the shape of the bed when babies are exposed to a flat surface for long periods of time, or if you have some other type of object that the baby's head is exposed to, sometimes they will take an irregular shape depending on how the baby's positioned. Are there different types of deformational plagiocephaly? Yeah, so there's three main forms of deformational plagiocephaly. Um, there's an overall term called plagiocephaly that refers to an irregularity of the head shape itself. So that's kind of a broad term that's used for the condition. And within that term, there are other types of or forms of deformational plagiocephaly that have been identified in the literature. So the preemie babies can develop something called dococephaly, which is flattening on both sides of the head or one side, and the head becomes elongated in shape. Brachycephaly is the kind that's seen more commonly in full-term babies where the back of the head is completely flat, and those are generally the babies that are put on their backs to sleep all the time, um, now very common because of the back-to-sleep recommendation by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And then other babies will develop something called scaphocephaly where the head is narrow towards the top but more wide down below, and it's almost like a um, a triangular or egg shape that you see. And those are the most common forms of plagiocephaly that we see. We'd like to pause for a moment and ask those listening if you could tell us what city and country you're listening from, and also if you have infants with deformational plagiocephaly, any of the types that Dr. DeGrazia described, and do you have any creative or innovative strategies that you use to prevent or treat this? What led you to your research on DP? So my research took an interesting turn a while back. My original research was on car seat safety for preterm babies. And when I was um, looking at investigating um, infant exposure to the car seat, prolonged exposure, because we know now that parents um, have these portable car seats for their babies, they tend to take their baby um, everywhere in the car seat. Um, not just for the car anymore. So what we were, we were concerned about is whether or not 
these infants that are spending long periods of time in their car seat are having any kind of developmental problems as a result of that. So what I was going to do is study babies who spent long periods of time in their car seats and just look at um, different characteristics um, such as tone, strength, and one of the characteristics I was going to look at was actually head shape. Mm -hmm. So I went to see a doctor named Gary Rogers. He's a craniofacial surgeon. And I wanted to learn about how to do head shape measures for this particular study that I was going to do. Dr. Rogers, during that visit, introduced me to a device called the Plagio Cradle. And he told me that he was having success at correcting some mild forms of plagiocephaly in babies that were coming into his outpatient clinic. When I saw the device, I said to Dr. Rogers, we need to use that in the NICU. Dr. Rogers introduced me to Boston Brace. I began working with the folks at Boston Brace to downsize the, the plagio cradle that he was using in the outpatient clinic with full-term babies to make it more compatible with preterm babies and smaller infants, the sick ones we see in the NICU. Mm -hmm. So I worked with them. Um, we went to several NICUs, visiting several NICUs, and tested different versions of the device inside the baby's isolates and cribs and other sleeping surfaces that NICUs use. In addition, we added padding and felt liner underneath a cover that would keep all the layers in place. And eventually we were happy and satisfied with the device we came up with and started, and that's when I started testing it in the NICU with babies doing a randomized control trial. So Michelle, can you describe the Plagio Cradle a little bit more? The Plagio Cradle is a device made of a, a solid plastic um, base that then has several layers of foam. The foam is molded to the baby's shape and helps to support development of a normalized head shape. As the baby grows, we remove layers of foam so the, the cranial cup actually grows along with the baby. When babies are in the NICU, we use the plagio cradle on the baby's bed and the, what we end up doing is trying to use it for at least 12 hours a day so that the babies get the most benefit from the device. We're trying to avoid them for spending long periods of time on the flat bedding. So ultimately, who came up with the idea for the Plagio Cradle? So the Plagio Cradle was developed here at Boston Children's Hospital by Dr. Gary Rogers and James Miller, a licensed orthotist. They came up with this idea in response to the increasing amount of children they were seeing in the outpatient clinic that were presenting with plagiocephaly. This was um, becoming more prevalent as a result of the back to sleep recommendations by the American Academy of Pediatrics. So together they developed this device and started using it in the outpatient clinic and Dr. Rogers was having good results as in using this in the outpatient clinic with babies who basically had mild forms of plagiocephaly. In doing so, he was able to prevent the babies from having to wear helmets. Michelle, are there any clinical conditions that prohibit the use of the plagio cradle? So that's a good question. Because babies have to be positioned either supine or semi-sidelying on the plagio cradle, babies who have airway problems or only require or only can be positioned prone um, cannot use the device. 
The other limiting factor to using the Plagio Cradle is that babies um, that are under one kilo are not eligible to use the device. The device starts out at one kilo and the preemie version, there's two versions of it. The preemie version goes up to about 2.5 kilos and then the full-term size one starts at 2.5 and basically um, can be used until the child starts to roll over at about four months of age. How much time does the infant spend in the plagio cradle and are there any restrictions on the maximum amount of time they can spend in the plagio cradle? So we like babies to spend a minimum of 12 hours a day in the plagio cradle. We encourage the nurses to position the baby on the cradle whenever they're in bed um, with spending some time on their, their bellies to develop those muscles and, you know, um, develop their strength. But the remainder of the day, they can be on the plagio cradle. So I know you mentioned that you would like the babies to spend a minimum of 12 hours in the cradle in a 24-hour period. Is there a maximum amount of time or too much time that they can spend in the cradle? So we like babies to spend, as I said, a minimum of 12 hours. We want babies to develop properly, so we like them to be repositioned frequently, and we like them to be positioned in all different positions. So we do like babies to spend some time during the day prone on their sides as well as supine. Um, so really, it depends on the baby and their clinical condition, and we usually leave it up to the nurse's judgment to make that decision in terms of what's enough time for any individual baby. So Michelle, as a neonatal nurse practitioner as well as a nurse scientist with an expertise in neonates, um, we obviously both know that developmental care is so important in the NICU. How is this accomplished by using the plagio cradle? So that was something we spent a lot of time thinking about because we definitely wanted it to be something that we could provide de developmental care with. What we did in the research in the study that I did was we positioned babies on the plagio cradle, either supine or semi-sideline, and then we had a device, a long beanbag-like device that we were able to make a boundary or a nest around each baby with. In addition to that boundary, we were able to take straps and bring them up around that attached with Velcro around the baby and the beanbag-like device to um, secure the limbs and provide containment for the baby. Swaddle the infant in a single soft blanket. Position the infant on the plagio cradle using the bed buddy or other boundary device. The infant can be positioned supine or semi-sideline, but never prone. Use the containment straps to secure the infant on the plagio cradle device. The containment straps are adjustable by way of Velcro located at the end of each strap. I'd like to pause for another moment to ask those listening if you see any challenges, um, developmental or other, 
with infants that develop DP and also with any potential innovations or interventions that you use to treat and or prevent DP. How do you know, Michelle, when it's time to upsize or when the baby is growing and it's time to increase the size of the device? So, as I said, the device has several layers of foam that sit within each other like the layers of an onion. What we look for is we want the baby to be in a neutral position. The baby's head should fit comfortably inside the, the depression where the head goes. There should be a small gap or space around the baby's head and the baby's head should be able to move freely. The head shouldn't be too extended or too flexed when the baby's on the plagial cradle. If you notice the head filling the, the area with the baby's head completely and that you no longer have a gap around the baby's head or if the neck is becoming flexed, then you know you need to upsize the baby on the device and remove a layer. Once you get down to the bottom layer, when any of those things occur again, that's when you know, need to move the baby from the preemie size plagio cradle to the full-term size plagio cradle. And in terms of upsizing, are the nurses trained to assess when it's time to do that? So we did train all the nurses that helped to care for these babies on the plagio cradle when it would be time to change a layer. I do advise though if you are thinking about starting use of this device in a new setting that you train your staff in addition to having um, expert clinicians available to help work with the nurses so that they have a comfort level knowing when it's best to make that transition to a new layer. Michelle, are you able to share some of your research findings with us? Sure, I'm happy to. We actually tested the device in 88 babies in total. 62 babies completed the study. Of those 62 babies, half were randomized to the plagio cradle and half had a traditional positioning device. What we found is that 81% of babies using the plagio cradle went home with normal head shapes versus 54% of babies who used the traditional positioning device. Of note, though, I do want to mention that of the babies, there were five babies actually that had some flattening um, in the plagial cradle group. But even when you looked at their head shape measures, they were very close to being normal. Overall, we saw really a dramatic difference between the outcomes of the two study groups. In addition to that, I just want to mention is that um, towards the end of the study, even the doctors and nurses were um, approaching research staff asking to use the plagio cradle in babies who weren't participants in the study. So I think that speaks volumes in terms of the utility of this device and its effectiveness. Definitely. Great. Have you found other alternatives that mimic the plagio cradle that can prevent or treat DP? So there's other devices out on the market. I have not found any device that really provides the structure and support to the cranium that the plagio cradle does. Most of the devices that have been used um, for many years now by NICU staff um, are soft and flat and that is why we believe that they're getting the flattening and that it's not being prevented because the baby's head takes that shape. Um, even with um, something that's more fluid-like, 
once you put the head on it, it will tend to flatten out. Um, the plagio cradle actually will not flatten out. It has um, structure to it and support mm -hmm. and helps to provide um, normalization of cranial shape. Were there any concerns with skin integrity given that this is a, you know, we talked about the softer positional aids not really being effective in preventing or treating DP. Um, we always worry about, obviously, pressure and other things causing damage to the skin integrity. Were there concerns with that in the plagio cradle? So during the study, that was something we watched very closely. And actually, the design of the device offsets the weight of the cranium, cups the baby's head. Also, you know, for the study, and as with all, you know, babies and in the, in the sick babies that are in the hospital, we recommend that they be routinely repositioned and that they don't stay in one position all the time. So I think with both of those things, the fact that we reposition them regularly and the device itself was designed to offset the weight of the baby's head and distribute it evenly, um, we didn't see any concerns or any, any worries developing in terms of skin integrity during the course of the study. How does someone obtain the plagio cradle? So right now the plagio cradle is not available um, for people to purchase. The um, company that that is manufacturing and distributing the device is actually looking to sublicense it to a worldwide distributor. So that's currently um, being explored. What are your next steps or future areas of research related to DP? So the next steps will be to look um, more closely at the issue of plagiocephaly. We know that parents are concerned when their babies have head flattening and that it can affect with bonding. It also can affect the child as they grow um, because of social interaction issues. Sometimes um, children who look different are victims of bullying. My research will be looking, though, more closely at does this have other ramifications such as developmental delays. Um, we know that um, there have been some published studies that suggest that hearing and vision may be affected. So my area of research is does plagiocephaly, is it associated with developmental problems? We want to thank you all for listening today. We hope that this research and great work by Dr. DeGrazia has helped answer any questions about deformation of plagiocephaly, the plagio cradle, and um, indications for use and treatment for DP. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.